Welcome to Unleashed at Work and Home, the show dedicated to helping veterinarians, vet techs, dog trainers, shelter and rescue workers, pet sitters, and all the other animal-crazy pet professionals manage their stress and find more joy. I'm your host, Colleen Pilar, and I'm thrilled you're here with us today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your favorite app so that you won't miss a single episode. This episode is brought to you by our free community, the Circle of Resilient and Thriving Pet Professionals. If you like the ideas shared here, then you're invited to continue the conversation with other lifelong learners in the community. You can find out more at ColleenPilar.com. It's the perfect place for you to learn cool stuff, feel good, and take action to create the life you love. Come join us. My guest today is Veronica Bautel of DogBiz. So Veronica, can you tell us a little bit about what DogBiz is? DogBiz is a company that is dedicated to helping dog professionals like dog trainers, for example, um, succeed in their businesses. So, you know, we, we learn the skill sets of our profession, how to train dogs, for example, but then there's that whole business level on top of it. And so our job is to teach those skills and to support on that side so that dog professionals can go out and do the great work that they're passionate about doing. And you have been doing that work for quite some time. How long has DogBez been around? We have been around since 2003. I was in the early 2000s, I was director of behavior and training for the San Francisco SPCA back when Jean Donaldson's Academy for Dog Trainers was part of that department. And I had been a graduate of, of that myself. And we watched every year as you know, four cadres of phenomenal dog trainers graduated out into the world and flailed and just fell on their faces and not because they couldn't train dogs, not because they didn't know what they were doing, but it's just, you know, we, we come into this work because we want to help dogs. Not usually, you know, we were altruistic, not usually entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And so there was that whole business skill piece missing. And I kept saying for three years, somebody should do something about this. Somebody should do <laughs> something about this. And finally decided to go do something about this. And so I've had the incredible pleasure um, for the last, I don't know, I guess going on 18 years now of working with dog trainers and all, all manner of dog professionals all around the world, um, helping them to succeed in business so that they can help change people's and dogs' lives. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference for so many people. I mean, I, I feel like you and I connected way back at the beginning yeah, of, of that. And then um, just over the years to watch how dog biz has really grown and served and, and so many people talking about the, the ripple effects of it, you know, what, what you've done to help people show up and do the work that they feel called to do without being completely drained by it, which is of course, one of the things that we're always talking about on this podcast is right. you know, how, how do we find that balance? So the word I chose for you is the word focus, because you have always struck me as a person who has really good focus and drive. Um, so if I were to say to you, what does focus mean? What do you think focus means? Mm, what a fabulous question. I, for me, it means purpose and freedom. 
-hmm. when you can, when you can cultivate and find focus, it means that you can really pursue your purpose. You know, what, (laughs) what, whatever that is, whatever your passion is, whatever, you know, whatever difference you want to make for people that you have the, the ability to do that. But I also think that it means freedom. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I think, um, people often, people often misconstrue me. I think people see me as some sort of crazy workaholic and I'm really not. Like I like to play as much as I like to work and focus allows that freedom. It allows the, you know, that when I'm working, I can be productive. I, you know, I, I can, I can accomplish what I set out to do so that I also can spend my free time the way I want it to and have as much of it as I want. And so I, I think it's kind of a, a combination. I also think that it's freedom too, of just freedom from the kind of stress that we carry around so often. And the, you know, that, that voice in the back of our head all the time, that's, you know, Oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And you know, so, so for me, focus is so much about being in the moment, whether that moment is about trying to accomplish a task or to push a needle forward, or whether that moment is about being with friends or family or playing or being in the garden that I can be truly present wherever you know, in whatever moment I'm in. And, and so that, that's kind of what I mean by freedom too. Cause I think just, you know, freedom from that, that brain pressure, <laughs> you know, oh, that, yeah. voices in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We are all well acquainted with those inner demons that are in there <laughs> chatting with us. Um, so, so when you have that, you know, the focus and the freedom and you're, you're moving toward your purpose and doing the things that have great meaning for you, what impact does that have for you? I just feel calm. I feel calm and content, you know, just, just um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I think about how much of, how much of history, how much of human history is about trying to seek f- happiness and figure out what that is mm-hmm. and define that. And, and, you know, the, the sort of elusive thing we're always after and, you know, trying to grab onto and and I, and I think so often we mistake happiness for if we think like if we've arrived, if we finish the task, if we accomplish this thing, if we manage to acquire you know X Y or Z, that that's what will make us happy. But I actually think it's mastering the process that makes mm-hmm. us happy because you know, whatever whatever you know accomplishment we have, that, that that's fleeting. And if and if you're you know if you're anything if you're anything like me where you just, you've got ideas, there are things you want to do all the time. I mean, you know, as soon as you've done that, you're on to the next thing anyway. So it's not like you get to enjoy that for very long. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think, you know, what really happiness is not, it's not about, you know, some, you know, incredible, like, Oh my gosh, I have all these things sort of joy. It's just about, I'm actually happy doing what I'm doing at any given moment. Most yeah. of the time, you yeah. know, and, and not, and not that, you know, there aren't moments where you, you know, you wish you were doing something else, but just that, that I think part of good focus is making good decisions about what to focus on so that you mm-hmm. don't have hours and hours of your day every day taken up with, oh gosh, I wish I were doing something else. Yes. <laughs> just be okay in that moment. That's really a great way to describe it and choosing what to focus on and really having that contentment with it of, of being engaged in the process and mastering the process. Are you familiar with um, Mikhail Cheek sent me high and the oh, flow state? Love him. I was just thinking about, just was thinking of him myself too. Yes. Yeah. It, it's sort of interesting because he talks about the flow state being when you're really engrossed in something and that often when you talk to people about it, 
the words they'll use to describe that state aren't really joy and happiness, but they're more the process of intensity and, yeah. and and connection and engagement and knowing that I'm getting better at it. And there's this awesome graphic, I'll link to it in the show notes, that um, attaches emotional state to different skill and challenge levels. So um, let's say you're an extremely skilled knitter. And um, so you have high level of skill and your challenge is to produce five, you know, five Christmas stockings by next week. That's super low challenge for you. Right. So you're going to be in the boredom category. But right. if you're super challenged, super talented and the challenge level is you got five minutes, produce the most amazing thing you ever could. The challenge went up and your skill is still good. That's where we start getting into some of these engagement and excitement kind of pieces. But there's this whole range of like where apathy falls, where frustration falls. Yeah. If you have low skill, high challenge, super high frustration, there you're stuck. Um, so when you were saying that about that, the, the element of contentment and doing the work you feel called to do, that focus provides that for you. Yeah. That's really an amazing gift. I mean, that is really, I think, what so many people are searching for because we're not uh, we're not going to find that blissful nirvana state where everything's just always easy all the time. <laughs> Instead, we want to have um, being present in the moment and knowing the moment is good, you know, whether you're working or playing or resting. So how do you personally know when you have lost your focus? I feel frazzled. I feel frazzled. I feel distracted. That's where those doubt voices come into. You know, those moments where you're, 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 you're working on something and half your brain's thinking, oh, I wonder if I should be doing something else. I want to be doing something else or wondering <laughs> if maybe this isn't the right thing to be spending time on. So I, and, and then I, I think that spins out of control really quickly. You know, that, that, that then that agitation and then it becomes harder to make decisions and harder to make assessments and to figure. So I, for me, when I start to feel that kind of agitated bit, um, you know, or, or I just half my brain somewhere else, that's kind of that, that early, that early uh, red flag to take a step back and try to assess the situation. Cause I, I think that that's what, that's one of the mistakes we make a lot of times, especially when we're really stressed and the to-do list is really big, uh -huh. big is that we keep pushing, pushing and pushing and pushing thinking I'll fix it later because it's so frightening when you already have too much to do to think about, stopping and taking the time to assess and address the situation because you just feel like now I'm not getting anything done but in reality you're getting the most important thing done because it's, it's that's what allows you to get back on on track most of the time so one of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing um is is putting put I put a lot of fail safes in to to try to keep myself from getting off track. And one of those is sort of a quarterly check-in, just sitting down and saying, okay, let's stop and remember what are the goals? You know, what am I trying to accomplish? What are my priorities? Am I making good decisions, <laughs> you know, to, to, to protect those. Um, but also I go through a process each week and each day where at the end of each week, I look ahead at the next week's schedule and just make sure that I've made good decisions about what's on there, that it really does make sense in terms of the priorities and the things that, 
that I want to be putting my focus on, um, sort of assess anything that didn't go super well this week. You try to get to the, you know, just, just take a few moments to think about, is there anything I could have done differently that I want to apply next? And then when I get, when I finish each day, I take a moment before I shut down my office to look at what's on the dock for the next day. And I take a few moments in the morning to look at that whole day and to just ground myself in why did I make these choices? Why are these things important? Why, why might I feel joy about having these things on my plate today? Um, and, and, and just being kind of deliberate about that before I just jump in and start trying to, you know, cause I, what I don't want is that feeling of treading water. I think that's the thing, right? Yeah. Horrible feel like you've just barely got your chin above. And, and I feel like when I take just a few extra moments each day and an hour each week and maybe half a day or a day each quarter, the, I very rarely get to that state. I mean, it happens still sometimes, but it, it, it's, it's less likely because I'm, I'm being so much more deliberate about my choices and reminding myself why I've made the ones that I've made too. So that, that my, just the days they have more sets. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. And you're, you're so right that people say they don't have time for it because they're too busy. Um, which I get, I, I fall into the, all the things category myself sometimes too, but the, the practice of, of looking at what is important this week and how am I making sure that it happens, the whole important versus urgent category where there's always something you, you know, clamoring for your attention, but the things that have meaning for you and the things that you're hoping for and the things that you really want, when we keep pushing those off, those uh, will start to erode our, our sense of happiness, contentment, joy, productivity, because we'll be like, I've been meaning to, you know, one of the things I hear from a lot of people, which is totally up dog business, Allie, is I've been meaning to rewrite a marketing plan or a description for a new class I want to offer, or there's something that's a bigger project that they're hoping for time and space to think about. But all of the little urgent things of daily life are coming in and and biting at them. And so it just keeps putting push to next week. So your framework of having the quarterly plan of here's what's important to me. And then the weekly sort of review of like, okay, here's where I, here's what went well this week. Here's what didn't go well. Here's what I need to be thinking about. And then on the daily level of what, what about this makes me happy? Why do I feel joy about these activities? Bring such deliberate attention to what you're doing in tiny ways that have a really profound impact. How long have you been so, so deliberate about this? In some way or another, I think most of my adult work life, but it's something I've refined over the years though. So I think about, you know, some of the tools that I use, some of the, the, you know, the structures, the questions that I ask myself, things like that. I mean, it's definitely all evolved and it's something that that's evolved sort of in concert with um, Gina Ferris, who, you know, who's sort of the, you know, the other main half of, of dog biz. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've just, you know, really kind of cultivated to together too. Um, We've been using a master schedule, uh, which is sort of a, a structure, you know, for, for how we make decisions and you know, where we place things in our calendars and whatnot. We've been doing that almost since the beginning of dog biz, but I think the way we do it and, and you know, the way we think about it has definitely, you know, evolved over time. Um, 
So yeah, I, but I think these things do though. I mean, that's the, that's of the course. thing is you get, you get better and better about, you know, how, how you do all of these things. But I, I think for me, you know, when I was younger, um, I was not good at being in the moment. I was a you know, bit of a, I was a bit of a stressed out overachiever <laughs> when I was young. And so it was always about, it was always about getting to the achievement. It was always about the next thing, you know, and, and I, there was some point in my twenties when I realized that I, um, that I was always thinking about this cool thing I was going to have in the future. And that I had, I, you know, I managed not, not that it had been, you know, I had a great time in college in my, but, but like, I realized like I had spent years and years and years, like focused on getting to college. And then I spent all of college focused on what my career was going to be like. And I, I realized like, I am not living. Like just, I'm not, I mean, I wasn't, you know, horribly unhappy or anything, but I was just like, I am not right. actually enjoying, like I, I set out to accomplish something I accomplished it and I don't enjoy it. Like I don't spend the time mm-hmm. being you know in it. And so there, there was, you know, there were a number of years of sort of deliberately learning how to do this and to think differently and, um, and, you know, like anything, it's a muscle, you know, you just, you build it. <laughs> and, and, and I think, you know, these structures, these, these tools and these processes really help. Um, but I think a lot of it too, is about, you know, just reframing how we, how we think about things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been, it's been quite a while, but I, but I think it's still evolving and I get, I, and I get better at it. You know, I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's anything you're ever, you know, you ever perfectly achieve. And, and I, and I do, I fall down sometimes and I realize, God, I'm so stressed out right now. And I realize, oh yeah, you know what? I have not been, I haven't been checking my day or I, gosh, you know, I, I shut down on Friday and walked out of that office and didn't even look at the week behind or the week in front. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and you just, it's yeah. Yeah. And, and it's comforting to hear that it helps you and that you sometimes fall down on that, you know, that that yeah. is, that's real life. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, who moved cross country and she had above her door, she had a, a wooden little plaque that said the best is yet to come. And she packed it up and moved it across country. And then she moved into her new place and she set up her office and she put it up. And then she said, she sat down and looked at it and realized I have spent my life telling myself the best is yet to come. And I don't want to think that way anymore. And I, I'm, I'm getting rid of this. This is, this has to go. Um, And I was just laughing because she is, she's an incredible achiever and she does amazing work. And I had seen that over her door for years and I thought, Oh, that's awesome. You know, she's so optimistic. She's always looking ahead and she is, but she said she really wanted to be a little bit more conscious and deliberate about today today yeah. is awesome. I don't want to be thinking the best is yet to come. I want to be story. here. Yeah. I love story. that she moved it. You know, I was like, isn't it nice <laughs> that you moved it with you and that you, you realize this was something you could let go of now, you know, like, but isn't that interesting though? It's interesting on so many levels. I mean, one, just sometimes the stories we tell ourselves that we don't stop to think about and the implications and and sometimes just that, that something can change meaning over time for us too. Mm-hmm. But I also love that sometimes we just, the stories we tell ourselves become so part of the background and the fabric that we don't even really realize yeah. that we're telling them and the fabric and, and, and that she had to move, like that moving the physical context of it, like suddenly mm-hmm. made her look at it with with fresh eyes, right? I think yeah. that is just so interesting. And it, but it really does go back to that whole process piece too mm-hmm. about that, 
that um, you know, we, we all may have amazing, amazing accomplishments and victories in our future and you know, incredible things that we don't know are coming yet or things that we're actually you know, actively working toward. But you know, it's such a cliche, but like what we, what we know we have for sure is today. And yes. so what, what a shame to not enjoy this and what a shame to not enjoy the ride toward whatever those wonderful things might be in the future, because most days are the ride. Most days aren't the big Yahoo moment. You know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we don't, we don't learn how to enjoy the ride. Then we miss out on so much. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. It's such an interesting thing. It, it was really fun talking to her because, you know, because it was such a big move, she had she had made decisions about every single thing she packed and took with her and she packed that and took it with her. And then when, when she got there, she realized she no longer needed that and it freed her yeah. to, to move forward. I so from the story. perspective of focus, you have spent, you know, 18 years helping people create a clearer idea of what it is that they're going to find meaning and purpose from. And so when you talk to somebody and they say like, I, I can't really find my focus. I can't really figure out how to sort through all of the thoughts in my head and get some clarity. What do you suggest for them? One of the, it's interesting because it kind of depends on on what it is that they're they're lacking clarity about. Because I think sometimes it's sometimes we know what we want to accomplish. We just can't figure out what route to take. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't know what we want to accomplish. <laughs> so I think there's, there's you know, slight, slightly different pieces. But one of the questions that I often rely on and, and I use for myself too, when I'm you know, feeling uncertain and, and unsure about something is I always go back to the question about what, what do you want your day-to-day life to look like? Mm-hmm. Just literally, how do you want to spend your time? What brings you joy? Um, you know, what, what kinds of interactions do you enjoy having with dogs, for example, or with dog people? And, uh, and just literally, what are the kinds of things that you like to do? What would you like the rhythm of your life to be like? How many hours a day do you want to work? What, what other things in your life do you want to have time for? And then also what things do you know, you really don't enjoy? What are the things that, that cause stress or, you know, discord or discomfort. Um, and so that we can sit down like within that framework. Cause I think so often one of the things, one of the things that I've noticed in our industry uh, among dog professionals is that there's a tendency because we don't come into this with an entrepreneurial mindset. We often come in and we, re- when we realize like, okay, well, there aren't a whole lot of jobs for us. We're going to have to kind of create our own that we look around and we look at what everyone else is doing. And then we just think, well, I guess that's how you're supposed to do it. And we copy it mm-hmm. and we copy it without a deliberateness of intent or goal. And we also copy it without making sure that it actually truly works for us as well as working for the dogs and the people that we're trying to serve. And so I like to step back from that whole picture of that, that sense of like, Oh, what I'm supposed to be doing, what it should look like once I've built this thing and just literally say, okay, let's set all of that aside. Let's blow everything up. Just what do you want your day-to-day rhythm of life to feel like? Let's build a business that creates that for you. While we're also thinking about what it is you want to accomplish for people and their mm-hmm. dogs. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure out you know, what, what the intersection is. You know, how we take those two things and build something that is uniquely yours. Um, so I, just, I, I just think that we... 
we're all so busy and frazzled. We make way too many decisions without stopping to really, really figure out what the parameters are yes. that we want to be mindful of when we make decisions. And so I think sometimes it's just about slowing down and going through that thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we basically do the same job in different ways because as you're saying that, I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking to people about all the time. <laughs> How do you want to feel? What do you want to do? I to talk with you. <laughs> so one of the things that I find for people when they when they say that is that they don't have time to do the thinking that they need to do. Um, they don't have time to take a day. They don't have time to take two hours. And what what I was particularly concerned about when coronavirus hit was that I had talked to so many people who were so stressed out and so on edge that I thought, oh, no, one more thing. This is this is it. And what I've seen is a lot of people really stepping up and changing things and and finding that they could make different decisions than they had made previously. Right. And some of them have made some really wonderful, deliberate choices in how they're going to move forward with their careers. Um, have you seen that as well? Has that been your experience? Where, oh, Yeah, big time. I think, you know... <laughs> it's one of the silver linings in this whole tragedy that so you know, you started off by saying that people often just feel like they don't have time to slow down, take care of themselves, make some deliberate choices, make some assessments, figure out what they want to do differently. You know, just don't, you know, people won't gift themselves the time for that reset button. And I think that part of what the pandemic did for a lot of people, I mean, it, yes, it caused a lot of additional financial stress and worry about our businesses, but it also, when everything ground to a halt, a lot of people were faced with an abundance of time. And that was a little frightening, but it was also, there was a sort of pressure, right? And you, you know, you <laughs> kind of had to stop thinking about, well, what next and how do I, and what, what will we do? And I found that everywhere, you know, in, for example, among our dog walking academy grads, um, people stepping back and making decisions about, you know, changing the format of their services and their policies and things like that, that, you know, you know been trying to convince people to do for so long. And all of a sudden there was a time to stop and think about it and an opportunity and, and, a, and a reason to, to do it. And so that as they started their businesses back up, they were in such a more powerful place. Yeah, um, we definitely saw that with dog trainers. And you know, when we, our response to the pandemic was to launch uh, Survive and Thrive, which was something we just opened up to dog trainers all around the world. We did a, a six week free group coaching. Let's pull together and figure out how to you know, survive and thrive through this you know, through this, <laughs> this storm. And it was it was a fascinating thing because because everything had been kind of blown up overnight, there was suddenly an openness and a willingness to consider new ideas and new approaches. And my, my business partner, Gina says, you know, she, she feels like the pandemic in some ways has pushed the dog training field for 20 years. Like we probably would have gotten here eventually, but you know, we're not quick to change <laughs> and it would have, it would have taken a lot longer, but pe people were suddenly willing to try things that they would not have tried before. And whether that, whether that was getting online and, and, you know, that kind of thing, or whether that was finally having the boldness to raise rates or to change policies or to just think about delivering services differently. And ultimately, honestly, just to step back and think, just to take yeah. that reset button time. Cause you know, we hear that a lot too. Oh, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to take a day. I don't have to. 
And my answer is always like, you know, I don't actually think you have time not to. I, mm-hmm. I don't think you can afford not to. Because the thing is, you know, if you if things aren't working, whether that's on an emotional level or a financial level or a time, you know, constraint level, whatever it is, they, they won't, they don't tend to magically those problems don't go away by themselves. I mean, right. we have to take the time to fix them. And, and it's frightening and it's scary. And you feel like you don't have the time, but when you take it, you, it's amazing that doing that, what it, what it does is it creates time. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause you solve the problem and all of a sudden all the time you took to solve the problem, it comes back to you and it comes back to you in spades. And, and I just, I think that, I think that the, I think the pandemic created an opportunity to, to do that but I think it's so important to create our own opportunities, you know, whenever, whenever we need to. And, and I said that we, we literally, we build a day in a quarter in dog biz where we shut down and we just assess and plan. And we take a whole week once a year to, to be thinking about the year ahead as well. And, um, and those plans don't always come to fruition. I mean, 2020 <laughs> I don't think we did anything in 2020 that we had originally planned to do, but, but nonetheless, it, it allows us that, that moment to come back and, and, and reconnect to what we do and why we do it so that we make better right. choices. And even in the pandemic, when everything blew up and we set down all the plans we had, because we do that work, we were able to say, okay, wait, hold on a second. What is our purpose? Who do we serve? What do they need right now? of all the things that we could think of to do to try to serve in this moment, you know, what's going to be the most useful. Like it was, it was a frightening time. We didn't have the answers, but we knew how we knew what questions to ask ourselves because we were in the habit of asking ourselves those questions. And so, you know, we, we were able to, to find a way forward and, and through. Um, so, yeah. Yes. And that program, the survive and thrive program that you all pulled together was really impressive because it was structured in such a way to open those thoughts for people to that. There isn't a right answer. There isn't like, okay, here, we're going to teach you what to do now. It was saying, what are the things that, that you can do now? What are the options you're seeing? What are the things you would need to learn if you wanted to do something differently? And I was really impressed with your program. I thought it was wonderful. So thank you for sharing that. I was happy to participate in it. Um, because that kind of thinking, that kind of, well, what if, how could I, some of those pieces um, are so valuable, but often get lost. You you instead get advice from someone who tells you, well, you should do this. And then you hit the first stumbling block and you go, well, that doesn't work for me. Right. Instead of the, the more open question that you were offering, which was, what would you like to do? What would you need to know to be able to do it? How could you move forward toward that? What resources could you tap into for the parts that will be difficult? And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, I'd like to do this, but I can't. But what resources? Oh, oh, hmm. Um, And so that kind of structured thinking um, is really empowering. And so that was such a huge gift that you offered to the world. So thank you for stopping, reframing, throwing out those 2020 plans and creating some new (laughs) ones on the fly because that ability to focus helped everyone. It, it helped so many people. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So when we're thinking about focus and we're, we're recognizing that it's important and 
hear the idea of like, okay, sit down, think, plan, try to use the questions that help you through it. But it's new. It's a new skill. And somebody's just just starting to do that. Um, what suggestions do you have for helping them kind of celebrate small wins as they're doing it or how to make it easier to develop this habit? Yeah, well, one thing I, I, I like what you're saying about, you know, celebrating celebrating the small wins because I, I do think, especially, you know, when you're at the start of a learning curve, a lot of times we, we focus so much on what we haven't accomplished yet. And you know, that you know, we tend to focus so much on all the things that are on the to-do list instead of the things that we've actually gotten off the to-do list and and all of that. And and you know, in our and our Thrive program, which is the, the program that ended up sort of evolving out of that survive and thrive experience, we open every single session with wins. Like we just we just all share like what, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't matter how tiny they are. It just it, it's about what steps, you know, what steps did you take forward this week. And I think that just that, just what you said, just taking the time to do that. It is so funny to me that in an industry that is so you know, focused on positive reinforcement for the animals that we don't do it for ourselves. Like we just, it, it's so funny how often we forget to do that. We're always, we tend to be so negative towards ourselves and, you know, the things that we focus on, the things we haven't gotten done. So I think really that's one of the big things is just taking a moment every day to say what went well today because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think most of us tend to focus on the things that didn't you know you can get five yeah. things off your list and be upset about the sixth right it's just it's yep. and so I, I think that's a, a really critical um, piece I also think just um, I think it could be helpful too to stop and think about what are the things that maybe most get in your way. And if you can just work on one or two of those. So just as a, just as a random example, we did a lot of work in January in Thrive around uh, kind of your work-life balance and, and building these master schedules, basically sort of a, a structure that governs your day, your week, helps you make decisions about where to put things and what things to do and what things not to bother doing and all this sort of stuff. And there's there's lots of different ways to do them. They can be super flexible or they can be more rigid, just kind of depending on what you want and need. And um, But one of the, so, but the idea is that everything kind of has its place. And what we said is that, you know, you, so in Thrive, you sort of decide like what level you want to work on any given, you know, the, whatever the topic of the month is, like how deep do you want to go? So some people are like, okay, I'm going to build, I'm going to build the master schedule. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm, and other people are like, I just want to tweak. <laughs> like I'm not ready for that yet. And so simple things like um, the, the kind of the low hanging fruit, uh, you know, easy win we said, everyone, no matter how, no matter what level of work they were doing on this that month, just commit to set appointment times. Just commit to set appointment times. Decide mm-hmm. when you will see clients and promise yourself and us and all of your fellow Thrive members that you will never again utter the words, what time is good for you. <laughs> That's just not a sentence that is in your lexicon anymore. And so you, you say, okay, these are the times that it is that it really works in my schedule to see clients so that I 
also I'm leaving time for myself, for my family, my dogs, the things that I, you know, that are important to me personally. And then I also have time to work on my business that I'm maybe a little bit more likely to get that marketing plan done or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that, that, that thing that you've, you've been wanting to, to, to do either in your personal or in your work life, just by not handing the keys to your schedule to somebody else all the time. It's so, it's such a simple, it's just such a simple, simple thing. And it is so incredible incredibly empowering and just take if you just those little steps sometimes and you get a taste of that you get a taste of how well that works and the kind of impact that it has and the fact that oh people will actually still schedule with me nobody's running away in fact they want me even more because I respect myself and you know I'm that much more um I'm that much more uh you know, interesting and valuable in their eyes because I value my own time. And then, you know, you, you get one little win like that and you're like, oh yeah, okay, what's next? <laughs> I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to take the next step. And it's just, you know, I think just things like that, or, you know, or, or uh, you know, taking the time on Friday to put your schedule together for the next week so that Sunday doesn't feel stressful. You know, that horrible thing, like around yeah. two o'clock on Sunday where you're like, oh God, Monday's coming, Monday's coming. Like, on, on, like really, like, Set, a, set an alarm for an hour before you want to be finished on Friday and spend an hour setting the following week up and see if you don't enjoy your weekend a little bit more. And then mm-hmm. get up Monday morning and give yourself 20 minutes to reacquaint yourself with the decisions that you made and see if your week doesn't start off a little bit less harried. Because j- just simple things like that can make an enormous difference. You don't have to do yeah, it all they- at once. It's, you know, you don't have to do it all at once. But you can gift yourself one or two little things like that and, and see where that takes you. Yeah, I think that those are really powerful suggestions and actually ones that have been super helpful to me. The the Friday wrap up has made a huge difference for me to to maintain what's important for me long term, yeah. see what's coming and what I need to be prepared for for the next week and and also to notice and celebrate the wins of of the current week because it yes. is so easy to to forget um you know my family does a, a Friday night Zoom call, the extended family, you know, and during it's only been since coronavirus, but now it's been, you know, nine, 10 months of this. And we've gotten to the point where we're like, well, nothing happened this week. And so one of my goals is to actually look at my week and be able to say, oh, this week I had, you know, several great coaching conversations and I started working on my, you know, the group coaching situation and we're moving that part ahead or whatever. Because by Friday afternoon, you don't remember the week and you don't remember the wins from the week for sure. You maybe remember the eight emails that you still need to send, but not the things (laughs) that went really well. (laughs) (laughs) So having, having, you know, dedicated planning time, that's just a habit. It just is, um, can be very, very helpful. Um, I am someone who resisted it for a long time. So I, and what, I, what, I understand. What was behind that resistance, do you think? Um, some of it was just I didn't have the organizational systems in place. Like I, I didn't sure. know what to ask myself. I didn't know how to think it through. And then I thought, well, you know, it'll it'll all be different by Monday anyway. <laughs> like <laughs> it will be a little different by Monday, but it will not be substantially different by Monday. You know, right. the whole big rocks theory. You know, like yeah. we, we need to figure out what's important and build things around it. Um. But I've also always been a little bit of a 
well, we'll wing it kind of person. So, um, so I think that was a big piece too. You know, I, yeah. I was not the trainer who showed up with dedicated lesson plans for all the hundred things because I would get in the moment and decide what we're going to do based on what, what I would see there. And that works great sometimes in a one-on-one appointment, but it does not always work so great planning a life. <laughs> so. yeah. I think too, that sometimes there's that sense of like, I think a lot of a lot of people I talk to, they don't, they don't want to feel boxed in, you know, that, that, that it, it just feels rigid to not have choice. And, and I totally get that. And, and so, you know, one of the things that, that, um, you know, since we haven't talked about it in enough detail to really you know, get a feel for it, but I just want people to understand too, this system can be as flexible as you want it to be, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you can, some people live by a really rigid schedule, but I like to have choice too. Like, you know, I, and, and uh, I like to be able to, I, you know, I like to be able to, to, you know, get up in the morning, sit down and go, oh, you know, I actually feel like doing that today and have a little bit of flexibility to, you know, we, we work for ourselves, we should you know, be able to be our own bosses. And, and so I think if, you know, anyone listening who is thinking, oh, I can't do that because I would feel boxed in just to know the whole point of a master schedule is to build one that works for you. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need flexibility because you just want it. And sometimes you need it because, you know, you've got all kinds of family stuff you're juggling, you know, kids homeschooling and all that sort of thing. And, you know, that, that it's, it's about building something that does accommodate your personality and, and the complexity of your, of your life, um, accommodates it and supports it in a way that just makes it all, you know, more, more comfortably manageable. Yes. Yes, I think that's really very important. And and the whole idea of figuring out like what it is you're working toward and keeping that as your North Star instead of just dealing with everyone else's um, stuff that comes up, which is where we often find ourselves if we don't have a North Star. Yeah, and that's so important. I, I think that, that we were just doing some work to one of, one of the things we were talking about you know, when we were working on master schedules and things like that, we, you know, we did some work around saying no. <laughs> and, and I, and I, 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 you know, I, I know this is something that, um, you know, that I, I'm sure you talk about a lot too, that right. When you understand what your priorities are, what your North star is, as you said, what, you know, what's really important to you, um, it's hard, but it becomes easier. It is like a muscle too. learning what to say no to. Cause I do think that a lot of the time that we feel distracted, that we don't feel focused um, is because we're doing things that, you know, like you said, is the important versus the urgent. Right. And yeah. I think, and also we, as I said before, you know, we tend to be, those of us in this industry, we're altruistic. We do not like to say no. It does mm-hmm. not feel good. <laughs> we want, you know, we, and, and, and there's, there's a reason, there's always a reason to say yes. Um, but what always breaks my heart is then encountering dog professionals who, that a, a big part of their burnout is because they feel guilty that they don't have time for their own dogs or they're not taking care of themselves mm-hmm. of sleep or exercise or, or, you know, eating well, or, they're struggling in relationships, personal relationships, because they're working too much. And that's right. created tension and resentment. And it's just all of those sorts of things. And I think that it's, it's so, uh, it, it's, 
I, I don't think that it ever gets easy to say no, but you can absolutely create a framework that makes it much, much easier. You know, we mm-hmm. did a lot of work around, you know, how, how do you make those choices? Because one of the things that often happens when you build a master schedule is you realize it, it, it makes you confront hardcore the fact that the reason you feel crazy is because you're literally trying to do... <laughs> You're, 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 yeah, you're, you know, you're trying to fit 40 hours of work into an eight hour day and it's just not possible. And then you have to make those really hard choices about what to set down. Um, but I think that when you have a real clear sense of what your priorities are, what really, really matters most to you, both in work and in life, that it makes it a little bit easier to do that. And then to, you know, to learn some language around it so that you can do it in a way that feels you know, authentic to who you are as a person. Um, but I think that's just so, I think that's so critical. You can't, you cannot focus if there's more on your plate than is actually literally possible to do, because there will be a part of your brain all the time that yes. is worrying about all the things that you're not currently working on. And so if you don't have a sense that it is actually possible to accomplish what needs to be done in the amount of time you have, you will never achieve focus. It's just, there's just, because that, that stress will be there all of the time. Yes. Yes. And once you do make some of those choices, you'll find that some things that took you a long time before get faster and easier because your brain isn't spending so much time thinking about all the other things. Like you, you are able to uh, make forward progress on the things that, that matter so much. This has been such a fun conversation with you. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Veronica. So people wanted to learn more about you and your work. How could they do that? Um, So you can learn all about what we do at DogBiz at dogbizsuccess.com. And if you are particularly interested in our Thrive program, which is, is it's basically a, an ongoing membership community where we create the time and space to work on your business, to learn those skills. And we do that in a, a really strong community setting. You know, so much of this, is, you know, there, there are the concrete business skills, marketing, things like that. But so much of this too is all of these pieces we've been talking about, you know, the, the human pieces of just the human pieces business and all, you know, and balancing that with life and, and all of that. Um, then you can find that at dogbizsuccess.com uh, slash thrive. And that's, um, just to to so that you don't you know, go there and get surprised we we are a closed uh, community and we open once or twice a year to new members but there's a wait list there so if it's something that is you know interesting um, to your members that uh, they are welcome to put their names on the wait list and we'll make sure that they they know when we open next time well that's awesome because I am also a huge believer in community learning and you know small group coaching and and larger community events because there's really something magical about um, finding some practical skills and having a safe place to to work on them and having the shared experience coming together um, really can be very profound that's that's a piece that I'm always building into my stuff too yeah I, I, it's what I love most about your work because I, I think that you know the this is this industry, you know, has always kind of had a reputation for isolation, and that we're maybe not always as um, as comfortable being open and vulnerable in front of each other as we might, you know. And and I I think that that was actually that was one of the other you know, sort of odd and, and surprising silver linings of the of the pandemic is that there was this sort of moment of, of being able to look around and realize, you know, we're actually all in this together, and you know, we're all we're all a little scared and we're all a little vulnerable right now and sort of learning a new way of being with each other and supporting each other and doing the work together. And, um, and I just, I really, you know, I, I admire 
what you do, that focus of that, of, of you know, reminding us all that there, there really is this incredible human component to the work that we do. And that you know, we are humans doing this work. And you know, we, we focus so much on the animals and, and you know, too often forget to take care of ourselves. So yeah, just love that. Well, thank you. This has been a lovely little mutual admiration society here. I <laughs> really enjoyed talking with you, Veronica. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Colleen. Thanks for listening to Unleashed at Work and Home. I invite you to come learn more at ColleenPilar.com, where you can be steady, be strong, and be long.